are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I am your host, Michael Bauer. The boys are off this week. They are spending time with their loved ones on Valentine's Day, but we trudge forward. So before we get started with our very special guest, I want to talk to you about DynastyOwner.com, our sponsors and friends. Do you win every trade? Do you win every game? Do you win the championship all the time? championship all the time excuse me then it is time for you to level up dynastyowner.com is the ultimate dream for all sports and business fans at dynastyowner.com it is the only place where you could play with actual nfl salaries you can't build a dream team and stay under the cap it's just not realistic so you have to challenge yourself they don't use make-believe or demand-based contracts or salaries there is no off-season in dynasty owner just like there's no off-season in dynasty the rookie draft matters free agency matters every contract matters they just finished their beta season in 2019 and are now working on their mobile app for ios and android and it will be ready for rookie drafts in may but space is limited there's only 1012 team leagues you can win weekly prizes seasonal prizes and compete in the chase for the ring so come join their 2020 season waitlist at www.dynastyowner.com and start your dynasty make sure you tell them that mike at the dynasty rewind sent you so Today, we're going to be talking about players that we love, and we have Sam Holt on with us, well, with me, and she is from the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate. How are you this evening? I am so good, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much again for having me. Absolutely, and thank you for being the first female guest on the Dynasty Rewind as well. It's my pleasure. Happy to, you know, be the first one. Yeah, got to break those barriers down somehow, right? Absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, about the fantasy debate with Sam and Tate. Sam and Tate. Sorry, I can't talk right now. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. Um, so uh, I've been doing the fantasy debate. This was We just finished our first season with the fantasy debate. Um, I'm really, really lucky that I, one, have the opportunity to have a channel on the fantasy-focused channel, um, which you can find on YouTube and they have a whole bunch of different shows, which is a really great platform, but also that they asked me to have a show with them. Um, lucky enough that I also have Derek Tate as my co-host. He's hilarious. We get along in so many ways, which is funny because we literally debate so many things, so tooth and nail. Um, so it's a lot of fun because there's a lot of stuff we do agree on, but there's a lot of stuff we don't. So that's what makes it really fun going back and forth with him and, He's hilarious. So it's, it's it's just been a lot of fun, a big adventure on just enjoying, you know, podcasting with him. That's awesome. So how did you get started playing fantasy? How long have you been playing? Total? I've been playing fantasy since college. So I want to say I've been playing fantasy at least uh, at least 12 years now. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's went from the very beginning where you know, back then I was still just a fan of football and just a fan of my Steelers, just enjoying the game, but enjoying from that spectator realm where you're not fully vested in player names. You're not fully vested in other teams. You know, I'm just watching and just watching for my team to win. But as I was delving into fantasy, you know, you learn so much each season as you're getting more and more into it. So the passion just kept growing 
from just being a fan of my Steelers, which will never change or go away, but now to just being a crazy fan of fantasy sports and just enjoying all the analysis that goes into it and diving into it, dissecting it, winning championships. You know, as soon as you win your first one, you're hooked. Yeah. Or even as soon as you lose your first one, you're hooked too. This is true. As soon as you really come in exact last place, then you're just like, God, I need to prove myself. And I, you know, there's always good luck. You know, I think for you know newbies that don't know what they're doing, they just draft whatever, and there's you know beginner's luck. But then there's also so much more that goes into it. So you know, there is speculation week to week. Like, how much does it really matter to you know? be spending this much time on a, on a fantasy sport or on all these things, but like any hobby, you know, you do it because you love it and uh, because you feel like you learn something new every time. So if, if somebody doesn't want to watch you guys on YouTube, uh, which would be foolish, it's a great show. Uh, where could Thank they you. find your podcast otherwise? So you can download um, any fantasy focused show and any fantasy debate episode on iTunes, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, literally any streaming service you can find us, which is awesome. Okay, great. Perfect. So make sure you check out the fantasy debate with Sam and Tate and uh, check out all the other fantasy focused shows too. I've checked them all out and they're all really good. So yeah. uh, you heard it here first, unless <laughs> you didn't, in which case... That's fine. So today we're going to be talking about some players we love. And uh, we'll just say we'll go with the old adage of ladies first. So why oh, don't you lead you. it off? Well, I'm, if we're talking about players we love, and I would be remiss to not mention this one guy. And it, it's kind of, I was going through my list and I wanted to pick some players that maybe not everyone was thinking were at the forefront of their mind. But I get this question a lot, especially as soon as the season is over and when it's coming up to the end. Who is your number one pick going into next season? Mine, hands down, without a doubt, is Christian McCaffrey. Okay. The guy has just, you can't even just say blossomed, but he just keeps getting better and better, and he's still so young and has so much to bring to the game. So for me, it's it's got to be him, just seeing how he's progressed over the last three years. I mean, every single number goes up, and it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, apparently, for him. The team will always go to him. He's their number one guy. So it's that consistency, that volume, just how different they use him in every scheme. It's not just, you know, consistent levels rushing, but it's consistent in the receiving game as well. He had 142 targets just this past season. He had 116 receptions this past season. He had over 1,000 yards, all numbers just going up on all aspects. So for me, hands down, it's Christian McCaffrey. And Damn it, if he's not just so darn cute. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you on the cute part. He's not my <laughs> cup of tea. Um, but I agree with you in every other aspect. And a lot of people are concerned about coaching changes, but I think this coaching change is going to be good. I know a lot of people are worried about Christian McCaffrey as getting used too much. Here's a thought, and maybe nobody thought of this. Maybe somebody did. I don't know. I'm just going to chalk it up to being a genius. <laughs> I could see him having a long career. Now, obviously not at this rate because you have to taper off at some point. There's going to be a plateau he's going to hit. And maybe this next season we will see that his numbers just kind of even out because every year, like if I'm just looking at receiving yards alone, it increases at least 200, 250 yards each season. Right. So that's he's going to hit a ceiling. It's going to happen. The different receiving options in Carolina are there. So other people are going to see the ball. Someone that I'm going to talk about later uh, is going to be Ian Thomas. That is someone that I want to talk about for their receiving core. The tight end there who's going to be taking the job over from Greg Olson. But, 
you know, those players, are they going to take everything away from him? No, but they are going to help bring that ceiling down just a little bit. I agree. And most running backs have a shelf life. We could just realistically say four to seven years. Sure. But I could see Christian McCaffrey exceeding that. Now, when you get past to the point where you're a bell cow back, mm -hmm. like he is right now, yeah. I think you could still see him be very productive to you as a low end running back too, at the worst as a receiving back. Yeah. So I don't think that if you take him one, one in a startup, you have to worry about him. Like other people think you do. I think you're safe for a while, barring any injury, which could happen to any player at any time. Absolutely. And we can, we can be saying praises um, as much as we can leading up into the off season, but it's literally up until these players have that first big injury. Do we know if one, it's going to be a, an injury prone player given, you know, other players get injured like Tyler Eifert, for example, who literally will run into somebody and he's just out for the season. <laughs> once seems like a no nothing hit because he just has, uh, you know, certain soft tissue injuries that are, just they just uh they hold on to him more so than other players do some players they get hit they bounce back up other guys are made of glass right. I, as of right now three years it doesn't seem like christian mccaffrey is made of glass so for now it seems like someone you know you can appreciate the volume so you, you know that that's not going to go away and you know this past season mid-season he had a coaching change didn't affect his numbers he right. had a quarterback change didn't affect his numbers I think you know, it helped him. That if anything, having it did Kyle help. Allen, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. If anything, it helped him a little bit. Um, and I think that you know, Carolina, there is some speculation if they're going to make some phone calls and see if you know they can get that number one overall pick and take someone like a Joe Burrows because it doesn't sound like anything is leading to Cam Newton being a hundred percent their guy for next year. But whether that happens or not. It seems like he's going to not be phased by the quarterback change, unlike some running backs that were phased by it this season. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to move on to my guy. Well, I'm actually lumping two people together here. That's fine. Um, I've, I've done that across uh, my list as well. So we'll okay. be going back and forth on those. Perfect. So I love Cortland Sutton and Drew Locke. I love the combo. Mm -hmm. um, people told me that I was crazy when I said this last year. I feel like Cortland Sutton is quarterback proof. Mm -hmm. um, you could probably pull Peyton Manning out of retirement right now and Cortland Sutton would be productive. So they, they're going to have the entire offseason together, those two. Mm -hmm. um, in the 2019 season, 72 catches on 124 targets for 1,112 yards and six touchdowns. Gotta love that. I, I do love it. And especially, <laughs> you have to find a guy or girl in your league that doesn't pay as much attention and might not know who Cortland Sutton is because any savvy dynasty player... Um, they're going to not sell him cheap. But uh, Drew Locke, he only started five games. He was 100 out of 156, but he did complete 64.1% of his passes. 1,020 yards, seven touchdowns, three picks. He's got, he's got a great arm. I heard a lot of people on different podcasts saying, I don't know if he's the guy. How can he not be? I mean, okay, he has big shoes to fill, John Elway, Peyton Manning. But when you look at this guy on the sideline, does he look like he cares about filling anybody else's shoes? No, and that's what you want in a quarterback exactly. that's going to be your main quarterback. You don't want someone that's going to be causing a scene at the side or being right. any kind of a drama queen. You want someone that's there to do their job. And if he looks like he's there to work, then that's all that really matters. Yeah, and I think I think this team's going to get better. They have no offense there. I think they could add another receiver in the draft. I think they should. Mm -hmm. uh, their defense is already pretty dang good. So 
there's a really good possibility that this could be a good combination. I mean, Cortland Sutton's going into his third year and Drew Locke's going into his second year. Realistically, you could have a decade together with these two on your dynasty team. So yeah. it's pretty scary to think about if you're going up against that every week. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, a lot of there's so many more leagues that are becoming, you know, two QB leagues and someone to stash. If anything, if it's, you know, on your short list, throwing Drew Lockham there would be a really great ad for that potential growth. Do you like uh, the two quarterback or the super flex? Are you a fan? You know, I do like I like both. And my big dynasty league, and I've talked about it. I think on almost every podcast I've ever done because I'm so competitive with these guys. Damn it. It's crazy. But we're actually switching to a two QB system this coming okay. season. And I'm really looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to it, but also really scared because we're also switching to PPR and we're already an IDP league and it's, it's enough to keep track of. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's like, I, I... I get no, it. Points are going to get nuts. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people think too, now you said two QB, so that's QB mandatory, but um, Superflex, everybody assume is two QB sure. too. I beat Garrett Price in the championship uh, with no starting quarterback because everybody was injured or whatever or oh had gotten gosh. benched. Yeah, but I had Christian McCaffrey and that's why we love him. That's why we love him because he exactly. will win you your league. <laughs> See, and he did. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was a non-pay league. So, because oh. yeah, that's how... That's, that's how, how it, it works, goes, for me. right? Yeah. No, that's totally how it goes. Like, oh, how many leagues do you win? Oh, I won. I won three. Oh, well, how much did you win? Well, I only got paid in one of them, and I won a hundred bucks. It's like yeah. that sucks. How, yeah. how is that how it goes? And you spend like over a grand on all your league entrance fees for the year. Absolutely. <laughs> well, maybe not that. Hopefully not that much. But I'm no. sure there are people out there that do. Absolutely, and I know that my mom is always asking me, uh, "Do you spend money on these things?" <laughs> No, mom, I, it's all free and fun and games because I don't want to know how much I spend on playing all these games. Yeah, my, all my wife cares about is that the mortgage and the bills are paid sure. and we're good. So yeah, um, who do you love next? You know what? Um, I'm going to kind of go off of the my running back with McCaffrey and I'm going to go off on someone else that has been a top running back in the past and someone that has definitely dropped off as far as absolutely anything and that's got to be david johnson and i think really? i want i just want to bring him up because all that we're going to be doing between now and the start of the season is speculating what happens on all these guys so the possibilities are absolutely endless for anything any outcome he was just recently released i think as of what yesterday um by the cardinals i think that if the right team picks him up and i'm still debating in my head which team i like him on most I think that there is good potential there. And what I like is because his draft capital has dropped so far, you could get him really late. And if he, if you get lucky with the right team he's with, it could be a really good pickup just based on draft position. Um, you know, just off of that, you know, if they, if the Cardinals did, you know, they dropped David Johnson. I know that Kenyon Drake is supposed to be a free agent this year. I think we can all assume that he's probably going to get paid very well if they went ahead and released David Johnson. So any dynasty owners in his camp should be happy with that news. I know that Johnson has had injury issues. That's not getting lost on me. And I know that the one season where he did his best, he had 293 rushing attempts, 120, uh, one, well, sorry, 1,239 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns. And as far as receiving goes, he had 80 receptions, 120 targets. 879 yards for four touchdowns there so that was at his best and i know that at his best that was quite a while ago 
because since then he's done nothing but get hurt. It's got to be the right situation. I just don't want his name to get forgotten. And I feel like his name will get forgotten as the season goes. And, you know, it's just one of those things. If you hit the right number, if you hit the right, you know, thing playing the slot machine, it could be big money. So it's it's a risk, but I just like I just like the potential, and I don't want to see him go away. He was always a player I was fond of. Always had a great attitude, really positive guy, an incredible athlete. I just gotta hope that there's better for him coming in the future. I'm not gonna lie, I was a little surprised um, that you went David Johnson. I mean, I could see it, and all signs, if he does get released, seem to be pointing to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, if that happens, then yeah. But definitely buy David Johnson now, right now, yeah. if you want to take that chance on him, um, because he probably won't get any cheaper. No. So um, I, a bunch of leagues I'm in, you know, they do the league, then they do the the Facebook group so you can all communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, oh, David Johnson, David Johnson, David Johnson. Yeah. So um, get him really, now. No, it's really just, you know cost for you know risk reward kind of a situation why i just don't want people to forget his name just because he won't ever be cheaper than he is now right um i would agree with that and you know what let's um i'm gonna stick with the running back here too a conglomerate of running backs and this is i was talking to you about clustering stuff together Mm -hmm. any running back that the colts acquire (laughs) i know that is a really really big big thing here um there have been some speculations about possibly Melvin Gordon. Uh, mm-hmm. They they have the cap space. They got a good line. Frank Reich is a very creative head coach. Uh, you saw that in 2017 with the Philadelphia Eagles. He was our offensive coordinator. Um, they did pretty well that year. I'm not going to brag. Maybe <laughs> I will. Um, Melvin Gordon still got something to prove. Marlon Mack to me feels replaceable. Everywhere I've had him, I have sold him. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like he's going to get replaced. I think we could also say the same thing about the Colts as we can the Texans as well. Sure. Um, I think they need to upgrade badly. I feel like they're going to draft somebody. Um, Bill O'Brien just seems to be, I don't know. What is Bill O'Brien doing down there? It, you know, it, I'm wondering like, the same thing because there were a lot of running back moves last year for the Texans that I was like, Ooh, okay. This could be something, but it's like they've, it's like they don't know what to do with the running back when they have it. Yeah. It's very they, frustrating. They got Duke Johnson, and everybody was like, you know, the narrative with Duke Johnson this past year and O.J. Howard can actually be correlated together because mm-hmm. we heard from Duke in, from the Duke Johnson camp. Well, um, why am I blanking on the Texans quarterback name? Deshaun Watson. Deshaun never had a, Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> Sean Watson never had a receiving back like that. And then, no. uh, well, Bruce Arians never had a tight end like that. And it didn't matter. No. It just didn't. Absolutely. And you know what? It's funny that you say that, too, because I remember salivating as well, being like, ooh, Duke Johnson, he's going to open up the passing game with Deshaun Watson. Oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. his number's just going to keep going up. And as someone that owns Watson in my dynasty league, I'm like, ooh, just so excited about all the potential numbers there. But it was just, you know, it was like he was there and just couldn't get to the table. It was so confusing why nothing was happening. It was, it's kind of sad. So hopefully. Yeah. As a bitter Penn State fan, I will never cheer for a Bill O'Brien-led team because he was all in and then he wasn't. Sure. So James Franklin wouldn't do us dirty like that. Just want to put it out there. So no. <laughs> now everybody knows how I feel. So yes. um, who do you got next? 
You know, I, the next two players, and there's a couple, and I feel like their names, I don't know how all these people end up having such similar names, but I'm going to go with wide receivers next. And okay. I'm going to kick that off with A.J. Brown, who I feel like is a bit of an obvious pick and someone who's probably... I love him. Op- they're op- the opposite of the draft stock of David Johnson, whose is plummeting. His is absolutely skyrocketing, and he's probably going to go for way more than what you want in any draft because of how he did this past season. But you can't be mad at his numbers. This year, he had 52 receptions, 84 targets, over a hun- over 1,000 yards, 1,051, and eight touchdowns. I mean, just an exciting season for him as a rookie and just to see how he was doing with that offense. Super exciting to me for Ryan Tannehill. He's also a little bit of a love for me um, going into next season. Talk about a player's career being revitalized with the right offense and just going to show how much Marcus Mariota was the real problem with the Titans. I mean, I think that all of us were trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, you know, he's got so much potential. There's times when you see him actually working, but the team's not working with him. Absolutely not the case. The team is working fantastic without him and flourishing under Ryan Tannehill and no player is flourishing better than AJ Brown, except besides the obvious in Derrick Henry. Um, so AJ Brown's ADP in a dynasty startup right now is the 502. Sure. So I'm, I gotta be honest with you. I'm fine with taking AJ Brown there. Um, AJ Brown actually taught me a very valuable lesson in this past draft. He was one of my favorite receivers that was coming out in the draft. Yeah. Um, and then I hated him once he went to Tennessee. So I, <laughs> I know need, it was upsetting. Yeah, I need to remember the talent over situation because situations can change. Talent right. is either there or it's not. Yeah. So um, that taught me a good lesson. And Garrett always preaches um, talent over opportunity. Yeah, and I'm, I you think know. also too. I mean, it goes to show people that were thinking that you know Corey Davis was going to remain the guy there, that you know. Like you just said, talent over opportunity. Clearly, talent is winning out there, and it's going to be A.J. Brown's talent over Corey Davis's. I feel like Corey Davis could be a sneaky buy low guy if sure. he gets released. Yeah. Um, but then again, I think we've been saying buy low on Corey Davis for, what, two or three years now? And I think so. I feel like that sounds happened. like something I've said before or I've yeah. heard before. It's, it sounds common. But I know that I'm going to hear a lot of back and forth this year of people saying A.J. Brown's going to – and I'm sure that his ADP is going to increase as we get closer towards draft season um, from 502. I, I think he's probably going to end up going around in the fourth round in a couple leagues, um, PPR formats right. especially, um, just because, you know, that's how that's how the fantasy thing is. You know, we talk about it now. It's February. We have so much time to overhype these guys right. to get people just salivating at the mouth and someone crazy goes and takes them in the, what, the second or third round and you're like, what? You just threw off my whole board. What are you doing? Yeah. I just got excited. Like, that's the whole point, though. We're talking about players we love. I love A.J. Brown. I loved his uh, what he his production this season. So, for me, I, I got to have him on my left. Yeah, and I, I enjoy that as well. Um, so, for me, I'm going to throw an IDP guy out there. Um, actually can't take credit for this. I got to throw it out to my buddy Barker over at the Back Row Fantasy Show. They do a lot of IDP stuff. Nice. And that is Nick Kwiatkowski. I really don't know how to say that, but he's a linebacker for the Chicago Bears. Okay. Um, Danny Trevathan's getting a little bit older. Roquan Smith had some weird issues last year. Like, he was hurt, and then he wasn't hurt, but I think he didn't travel with the team to um, London. 
something yeah. like that. Um, so I don't know what's really going on there, but he's always productive when he's on the field. He's a guy that just does, I think, whatever the coaches ask him to do. Um, so in 2019, he started eight games. He played in all 16. He had 68 tackles. 50 of those were solo. Eight tackles for loss, three sacks, one pick, four passes defensed, and one forced fumble. So for only eight starts, you know, this doesn't include special teams activity either. Sure. That's pretty good. Yeah. So it's one of those things where he's an overlooked guy. Mm -hmm. If you have a not-savvy IDP player, which – Realistically, not every IDP player is savvy. I'm still learning myself. Sure. Um, so he's a guy I think you could buy low. Another couple of guys real quick I want to throw out there. Cole Holcomb from the Washington Redskins. Um, Ryan Connolly from the Giants. He was on injured reserve. And TJ Edwards from the Philadelphia Eagles. He was an undrafted free agent from Wisconsin. Did get a lot of playing time later in the year. I think the Eagles... Linebacker situation is going to be in flux this offseason. You could probably scoop all those guys up. Sorry that most of these guys are NFC East players, but <laughs> as an Eagles fan, I see them all play. So, sure. No, that's good. I mean, I think what's also important for anyone that does play IDP is, especially, I mean, for myself, whenever I draft, I mean, in my league, you know, we have, oh, God, it's insane. But we've got, we've got a linebacker slot. We've got defensive end slot. Um, we can pick up, you know, uh, cornerbacks, we can pick up safeties. Those both go in the same slot. And then uh, we've got a defensive flex as well. So I think we've got four defensive um, positions in ours. And it's so important, especially for these players, to kind of stash a couple. You don't want to go crazy putting a bunch of these guys on your bench because you can always pick them up, obviously, off waivers. But for me, because they're always releasing – injuries for defensive guys so late before the yeah. games are going to start it's so helpful to just have at least one guy on your bench that's just an extra that you can slot in there and someone like any of those that you listed would be great to just kind of hold on to you know just bogarting you know the good linebackers i think is so important because they also all get hurt so frequently and it's not just like a big injury sometimes you know they'll stay out just because they tweak their ankle in practice and they're such big guys they don't want to risk it so it's important to have you know a list of these guys in the back of your head at least one extra on the bench just you know to shore up your lineup for those leagues i think part of the problem too with idp is people draft for name absolutely because they 100%. know the guy yeah, but um, you know, you know who Luke Keekley is. Unfortunately, he retired, so it's not yeah. a bad example. It's a bad example. Uh, you know yeah. who Cleo Mack is, right? Yeah. Um, but De a guy like Demario Davis probably gets more tackles a year than Cleo Mack does, Absolutely. and not everybody knows who he is. No. So it's one way to look at it, and you always want to look at consistency with uh, IDP players too. Don't chase the guy that. Well, he has the most points. Why is he a free agent? Because one game he had three interceptions, and the rest of the year he had four tackles total. So yeah, that's the thing that really sucks too with um, with ID players. They it fluctuates their rank overall so much right. when they have these one big games. And I understand you know how the rankings work and how they're trying to even out those numbers, but it really makes it so that the guys that you're saying that are the ones that you actually want that are going to have that better consistency you know, it just kind of makes them fall down your list just automatically just based on the way the rankings work. So don't chase points because you're just going to be chasing championships and you will never catch it. Absolutely. So, um, okay, that was my guy. Who do you have next? 
I'm going to go, I'm going to keep it with wide receivers. And okay. uh, I was saying that the names are kind of blurring together. And that's because going from AJ Brown, I'm going to talk about Marquise Brown. <laughs> Hollywood. So, Hollywood Brown. I mean, I have to admit, and I'm, you know, I'm somebody that tries to admit when they're wrong. And I was so bummed in the draft when I saw Marquise Brown go to the Ravens. I was like, dang it. A guy that that speed that's going to just not have a single, you know, reception. This is horrible. He's going to have one or two big plays and that's it. Obviously could not be more wrong. I was also completely just in the dark on how good Lamar Jackson's game was going to step up from the previous year. I mean, I knew he was going to be good. He was on my list of guys to draft later in the draft. You know, oh, if I can take a Lamar Jackson, you know, a bit later, it's going to be a sneaky quarterback pickup. You know, I'll put him on my bench after somebody else. But, man, couldn't be more wrong. Uh, Marquise Brown, lone rookie receiver to reach 1,000 receiving yards. Um, Only rookie receiver to hit nine touchdowns. I mean, he had such a big season this year and just seeing how Harbaugh was able to change the playbook to fully cater to Lamar Jackson I can I'm just excited to see what he does with him next year it's gonna he's gonna raise the bar again every year it seems like you know okay what's gonna work for this guy what's gonna work for these pieces he's really working hard to make sure that he's coming up with a scheme that works for his quarterback and you've got to love that as someone that's gonna draft a receiver to go along with him so I love I love the Marquise Brown. Um, I think he's going to have another big year next year. You know, just love that guy. I'm going to say I was wrong about Marquise Brown as well. Um, I feel like all of us were because I think we all, I feel like I heard a large exhale sigh once his name got called in the draft. And Marquise Brown to the Baltimore Ravens. Everyone's like, no. Yeah. All the potential out the window because at the time we still thought, you know, like, you know, he's not. It, there's not going to be enough volume in the passing game. All right. of us were wrong. Couldn't be more wrong. He's the Deshaun Jackson type receiver that can get down the field and doesn't need eight catches a game to be fantasy relevant. No. So he's actually perfect for what they do there. Um, and I'm, I'm actually curious to see what the Ravens do in the offseason this year. Because mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think Ingram might get replaced soon. I think, I think so. Or at the very least, I mean – Obviously, everyone has done their homework, and you go through a whole season. You see what new teams are doing. You need to be ahead of the curve in running a different playbook the following year, obviously. Right. These teams, Harbaugh knows these teams have now learned Lamar Jackson can do these things. So he has to be a step ahead, and he knows he has a hungry enough quarterback that's going to try and outdo what he did this past season. So they're going to change the playbook. They're going to find new ways to do things. Marquise Brown is a fixture of that offense and someone that I definitely want on my team. Yeah. Well, let's see what Greg Roman does with the offense in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, So my next guy, um, and this is kind of contingent on somebody getting released, which I think and hope is going to happen. It looks like it's going to. Um, I love Jay Sternberger. He had absolutely no fantasy relevance at all all this season all he did was clog up a taxi or roster spot that's it um jimmy graham was still there should be productive in an offense that made uh delaney walker relevant two years ago that was when matt lafleur was with the titans um and jimmy graham was pretty relevant last year too nothing spectacular he had 38 catches though 
on 60 targets for 447 yards and three touchdowns. So I do think that Jay Sternberger can come in and match or exceed that, especially considering you, know, you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers. You got to get him some better targets. You can't yeah. tell me that Jay Sternberger is a step down from Jimmy Graham. You just can't. Um, MVS, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, nothing. Alan Lazard, nothing. Jay Kumro, nothing. Aside from Devontae Adams, they, their passing game is abysmal. It'll be addressed. But, again, people think, oh, if they get another wideout, that'll take away from Jay Sternberger. I think it opens things up for a guy like him. So, we'll see. I, I like him. I drafted him, and I think he was like a third or fourth round pick for me in a lot of different places. And he can carry a team. He's done it before. In 2018 at Texas A&M, in 13 games, 48 catches for 832 yards and 10 touchdowns. Oh, like that. Yeah. So, he can do it. He just yeah. needs a shot. Absolutely. So, I don't know. Um, are you a Sternberger fan? I, I loved his film when he was coming out last year. I mean, he's not someone that was high on my list, but I mean, I think for the way that offense works, you know, you just got to wait for the right talent to, you know, surge there and obviously, you know, Rogers to be fully on board with, with it. So I think, you know, he has, he has potential. You got to hope that, you know, I do agree with you in that a tight end does open up the field versus take away from opportunities, um, especially in that system. So I, I think, you know, I think there's potential. Well, we'll see what happens. So um, our list is kind of getting a little narrow here. So hopefully you didn't steal my last two guys and I didn't steal yours. Uh, who do you have next? So I, I, I got to bring this guy up. And I know that when Derek listens to this later, he's going to laugh at me. Okay. Um, and I did, I mean, keeping on the tight end train, I mentioned Ian Thomas earlier. Um, I will get to him a, a little bit later, but I've got to talk about Tyler Higby. And Tyler Higby is someone who, as soon as he got drafted and picked up by the Rams 2016, I remember, I remember very clearly, I wrote an article about him in 2016, an article about him in 2017 when I was writing for the Fantasy Authority, and just blowing this guy up. I just loved his tape. I loved his numbers. I thought he was obviously so much more than just a blocking tight end. 6'6", 255. You can't teach that. He's a big play kind of guy, animal of an athlete. And I was like, the right plays are going to get him his numbers. Obviously, first two seasons, not so much. <laughs> Didn't right. hit. 2018, I felt like I saw a couple little good moments, especially in the playoffs. He had a touchdown in that uh, Super Bowl. So, you know, there was something. And this year was his year. And, of course, this is the year I didn't pick him up. Um, cause you know, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking, but this year, 69 receptions on 89 targets for 734 yards and three touchdowns. I think he won a lot of people, their leagues because they picked him up late and they were struggling at the tight end position and they were right to do so. Finally blossomed. I mean, Derek, I know he called a couple of, I want to believe because Tate has, um, he's done a lot of commentating for different sporting events. And I, I believe he commentate, commentated on a Higby's high school games when he was there. So he, he and I are both akin to our love of Tyler Higby and all that he can do. Um, this season, obviously, we saw Goff's numbers dip. And they're going to have to figure something out on offense in order to correct and right the ship in that way. I mean, Brandon Cooks, I think, might be on the way out just in how much he dipped as well. 
everything dove on for Cooks. Uh, you know, targets, touchdowns, receptions, all of it took a dive. But numbers that went up were Higby's. And I feel like based on his big playability and the fact that he just had a huge payday, you know, he's not going anywhere. Someone that's going to be a new fixture in their offense and someone that should be on your draft board come draft day. So I like that a lot. Um, I've been trying to acquire Tyler Higby in a lot of spots. People are not budging on him. So you got to find the owner that doesn't know what's going on. A lot of people have said that Sean McVay doesn't know how to use a tight end. I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure that he was on the Washington Redskins staff with Kyle Shanahan when um, they had both Jordan Reed, a healthy Jordan Reed, and Vernon Davis there. So that worked out pretty well with a lesser quarterback than Jared Goff. I think McVay's going to figure it out. I think the Rams offense is going to be better next year. I think Brandon Cooks is on his way up because he's one hit away from a coma, it seems. Um, (laughs) I have sold Brandon Cooks everywhere I have him because – you don't need that headache on your fantasy team. Do I start him? Do I, don't start him. Is he going to get me any points at all? So um, no. I do as like the Higby yeah. play. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as, you know, Cooks goes, you know, we obviously saw Cooper Cup return to his number one role. Robert Woods become that number two. I don't really know if the three wide receiver scheme is going to be something that continues to work for the Rams. Clearly, it didn't work this season, but yeah. it opened up with – Higby being that safety net for Goff, who looked a little bit more deer in headlights this season than we've seen him before. This he looked a lot more like very like first two years, you know, Jared Goff than he did, uh, you know, when he was on his way to the Super Bowl. There's something about his confidence that got ding this season, and I'm really hoping McVay is able to right the ship. But yeah, just very very frustrating for Brandon Cooks owners this year. Yeah, Goff could be a good. I don't want to say buy low because he still has that potential, but a good buy medium. Yeah. I think and I just looked it up too. Uh, McVay was a Redskins assistant tight ends coach. So I believe he knows what to do with a tight end. He could figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> he could figure it out. I think if he has to keep one, he's going to keep Higby over Everett. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you got to go with the talented guy. You have to. Well, they just paid him. They just, they're not going to pay somebody right. one year and then immediately get rid of him. I mean, people do it. It's not unheard of, but still, I mean, It doesn't make any sense. And if you are anyone that follows any kind of social media, you know what kind of BFFs Tyler Higby and Jared Goff are. So what do we know about quarterbacks? They throw to people that they're familiar with and comfortable with throwing the ball. This is true. And the only person that would give somebody all that money and then get rid of them is David Gettleman. So if the Rams (laughs) hire him, then you might want to look out. Um, So my next guy is actually, I believe, a David Gettleman selection. At one point in time, I love Darius Slayton. And I hope I didn't steal him from you, but no. um, thanks to Garrett, Darius Slayton's my boy. So he's actually currently the tallest receiver on the team. He's got a good rapport with Daniel Jones. I had a good rapport with Eli Manning, too. Kind of makes you wish that for a certain point of Eli Manning's career, he had better receivers. I know they did win two Super Bowls, but it was always kind of uh, defensive-driven and offensively underwhelming. Um, Golden Tate's getting older. Sterling Shepard is not a wide receiver one. I don't care what anybody says. I don't see it. And Evan Ingram's always hurt. Yeah. He he just is. So in 2019, Darius Slayton played in 14 games. He had nine starts. Those nine starts, he was was actually one of the best receivers in the league. That was week six through 13, 14 and 15. Um, Thanks for the big goose egg in my championship round, (laughs) Darius. But, you know, hey, it happens. So he had 48 catches on 84 targets, 740 yards, 
and he averaged 15.4 yards a catch and eight touchdowns. That's that's pretty decent when you consider you had an old and decrepit Eli Manning okay. and a rookie, Daniel Jones. And Absolutely. he was a rookie himself. And he yeah. was hurt, too. So, mm-hmm. No, I like the Slayton pick a lot. Um, there's a lot to like about him and his potential with the Giants and with Daniel Jones as, you know, they work out that offense. I mean, it really sucked, I think, this year for, you know, Saquon Barkley owners. He just wasn't what he should have been. Hopefully, you know, with this new coach, which I am going to laugh because I know anytime I bring up the New York Giants new coach, uh, Derek has a fit on the show just because he doesn't understand how Joe Judge could be a new head coach. It doesn't make any sense. I, I can't do a good Derek Tate impression, but my God, does he lose his mind. <laughs> we should call him uh, Joe Judge Dread. Joe Judge Dread. I like yeah. it. I'm you like heard it here first, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Judge Dread. Love it. Literally uh, that down. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what the Giants are going to do uh, besides go 0-2 to Philadelphia every year, which is fine by me. Mm-hmm. So, um, But still, as long as Slayton gets me my fantasy points, I really don't care. Yeah, yeah that makes uh, sense. So I think we're down to one last person. Who do you have? for? I mean, if you have more, you can gladly, you know, whatever no, you have. No, I mean, I, I peppered in dropping Ian Thomas's name. I mean, I really just want to bring him up just because, you know, He is expected to be Greg Olson's replacement. He was a fourth-round pick in 2018. He's a big play guy. His numbers did go up whenever Olson was out, so he's someone I just don't want you to forget. But the guy I've got to bring up, and, I mean, he's just going to be nothing but pure speculation until we know what happens on draft day, but Joe Burrow. How do you not love this kid? How do you not love him? I mean, he just has put up insane numbers. I was looking at stats just to pull up trying to go through his tape and I mean when you look at a stat like 2019 60 touchdowns in a season you think it's a typo it doesn't make sense until you look at exactly where those touchdowns went I mean famously he just threw seven touchdowns for 493 yards against Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl And then in the championship game against Clemson he had five touchdowns thrown for 463 yards Obviously, this is college. When you go to the NFL, things change. But I think the right team takes him and the right team knows how to utilize this kid's talents. He's going to have a really great career. Now, that all being said, it looks like he is probably going to be going to the Bengals unless the Bengals decide they don't know what to do with a good thing and they let it go. I have heard and seen a lot of people say, you know, the Panthers could be making a couple phone calls and trying to make some moves in order to get him. But I, I, I mean, maybe as a Steelers fan, I hope the Bengals are stupid enough to get rid of that pick and not take him. Right. But I also just hope for fantasy purposes, they, they don't, they don't screw it up and they do take him because I love the idea of him revitalizing that offense and finally bringing back, you know, every, all the potential that we really need to see in someone like Joe Mixon and someone like AJ Green, who you know, is on, is on the bubble. AJ Green is someone that, you know, they could give him the franchise tag, just extend him one year, get him that 17 million, not 17 million, sorry, a million, uh, whatever the number is. I'm bad with my decimals. What? A million seven. <laughs> Me too. Some, something like that. Give him that number for the single year and, uh, you know, pay him out that way. It's a risk. He's obviously a veteran. He's injury prone. He only played 23 of the last 24 games. 
but I just love the idea of a rookie having a veteran receiver with the type of talent and experience that Green has and revi really revitalizing, breathing life into that offense, bringing life to Tyler Boyd, maybe even Tyler Eifert, you never know, or maybe this is a full rebuild and we see other new pieces come and join this offense and give Joe the weapons he needs to be successful. But I think that he's someone we're obviously going to continue talking about up until draft day and right after draft day, we'll be talking about him and what he's going to be doing, whatever team he lands on. I'm just excited to see what he's going to do in the NFL. I'm going to agree with you, except for the breathing new life. Don't breathe new life too hard on Tyler Eifert. He might tear his ACL. Absolutely. <laughs> you never know. Some as, Speaking of someone that is made of glass, it is absolutely Tyler Eifert. But, you know, I'm someone that – I it sucks, but I'm, I'm always trying to be optimistic about these players because maybe because my brother was an athlete, is an athlete, and I grew up with him in the house and always wanting him to be healthy and happy and anyone he went up against. You know, I hated it when I saw him hurt other people because that just meant that that talent wasn't there to make him rise to the next level and be even better in every game. I want the best players out there all the time. Don't want these guys to get hurt. Don't wish that of them. But, you know, I just I would love to see Tyler Eifert have a good season, just like I would love to see David Johnson have a good season. I'm just trying to be an optimist. Well, optimism is great. Uh, I'll say one thing about Joe Burrow. I got his stats right here. The most impressive thing about his last season 76.3% completion percentage Absolutely. In, in the SEC. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that completion percentage is insane. Yeah, that's, that is crazy. Um, I think, I think the Bengals take him. I think Zach Taylor is going to figure out what to do with him. Mm -hmm. He is a Sean McVay disciple, mm -hmm. um, which does that technically make him a Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan disciple too? I think by extension in the family tree, that's how it would go. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's interesting, but, um, these are guys that know how to coach a quarterback. Yeah. So it's fine. I know everyone says, Oh, it's Cincinnati. Yeah. But Marvin Lewis isn't there anymore. We yeah. don't have to worry about that. Absolutely. And I mean, if maybe Joe Burrow is the person that completely writes the ship in that way, right now, people are still thinking, you know, that the ship has no one guiding it. But like you said, Lewis isn't there anymore. I mean, they're really trying as an organization to figure out what to do to obviously write everything. They had their worst record, uh, you know, of I don't know how long, but two and 14. They need to fix things. Otherwise, everyone's going to get out of their job and it's going to be a complete clean house. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, so I'm going to close it out with another quarterback and I'm going to I'm going to close it out with my man crush player. I love. Next season, Carson Wentz. I mean, I'm sure you had to see that one coming. Yeah, um, so a little bit. <laughs> if you hear anybody say that he only played 16 games once in his career, don't listen to that analyst, and I hope you never said that, Sam. Um, he did it twice in his career. His rookie season in last year, 2017, he tore his ACL. In 2018, when most of his offensive line was injured, he had a fractured back. Yeah. So Matt Stafford also had a fractured back last year. No one's saying that he's injury prone, yet here we are. Now, here's the impressive thing about Carson Wentz last year. He set the franchise record in passing yards. He's the first Eagles quarterback to pass for over 4,000 yards. I didn't know that, and I'm an Eagles fan. Wow. Um, it wasn't much over. It was 4,039 yards, but he still did it. Um, completed 63.9% of his passes to no wide receivers, 27 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Um Another interesting fact, 
he only has ever thrown more than seven interceptions in a season one time, and that was in his rookie year. He threw 11. Um, so he doesn't turn the ball over a, a whole lot. Through the air, he does have some fumbling problems. I think he'll get better with that. But but get this, his leading receiver, wide receiver. Okay, now tight end, Zacherts had 916 yards. Dallas Goddard had 607. But do you want to just guess his leading wide receiver's yardage total? I mean, his leading wide receiver's yardage total? Yeah, just throw a number out there. Uh, 750 yards. 490 yards. Wow, talk yeah. about peppering the ball across the field. <laughs> that, now, that's wide receivers. So he did not have a single wide receiver on his team go over 500 yards. That's so he's funny. the only player in NFL history to throw for over 4,000 and not have a, a wide receiver over 500 yards. Everybody was hurt. Nelson Aguilar, who sucks, cut him, 363 yards. Alshon Jeffrey, 490. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I know that's how they say it in Spain. In America, it's Arcega with the C. He had 169. It's Sean Jackson had 159. And then there was a bunch of other guys who don't even have their picture on the team website. That's how irrelevant they are. So I think he could be bought relatively cheap. Because people just are forgetting about him. They're thinking about these the new young thing coming in. That's great. They're thinking about the consistent guys like Dak Prescott, who technically doesn't have a team. They're talking about guys like Russell Wilson. Completely understood. Mm-hmm. But going forward, if you have to take a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Carson Wentz, take Carson Wentz. He's going to be cheaper. You're going to have him longer. It's that yeah. easy. That's just math. That's just science right there. Yes, it is. So... <laughs> Um, that's all I have. I don't know if you have anything else you want to touch on before we head out. No, that, that's pretty much my list as well. I mean, I just have to say, you know, talking about players we love again, these, my list of guys, these are just guys that obviously I love what they did this past season, or I just love their potential going into next year. Um, I'm sure that I will be refuted on a couple of them as just, you know, being too obvious of picks, but you know, Valentine's day, we got to talk about love. We got to keep it positive. Exactly. That's what you got to do. You know, that's what it's all about. So my wife actually does not celebrate Valentine's Day. She hates it. Love that. Yeah. So smart woman. It's okay. I'm just gonna my daughter's my Valentine from here on Aww, out. So I'm fine go. with that. Yeah. She doesn't know what it is yet, but <laughs> you know, she's only one. So but um hey, thank you again for coming on. Like I say to all our guests and I mean it, you're welcome back anytime. So oh, thank you so much. And where can we find you on Twitter? On Twitter you can find me at Samantha R. Holt. On uh, Instagram, you can find me at Sam underscore awesome. And, you know, you can also follow Fantasy Focused at Fantasy Focused with two Ds on Twitter. You can follow the Fantasy Debate at the Fantasy Debate on uh, Instagram. We're always posting whenever we have a new podcast. We record every Saturday in this offseason. We're going to be aiming for Saturdays as, uh, you know, trying to be consistent as possible with the offseason. It will be 9 a.m. Pacific time, and I believe mathematically that makes it 12 p.m eastern time i never yep. remember eastern time it's a, i'm the worst californian i'm so stereotypical it's just like the world three just hours. revolves around la i'm sorry guys <laughs> i'm trying to be better i will be better <laughs> and uh where could we find your co-host Derek tate on twitter 
Yes. Um, he's on all social medias at the same handle, which makes it so much easier. He is at dtater4. Please go ahead and give him a follow, too. He's hilarious and always posting silly things. We're always going back and forth. In the offseason, we're planning on doing a lot of stuff that has to do with the incoming rookies. He's really amazing at breaking down their tape, so there's going to be a lot for you guys there on YouTube from him. Um, but we're also probably going to be debating a lot of movies and shenanigans in that sense because we're very big into movies and especially into old silly comedies and debating which one is actually the best. Except for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, if I'm You know, correct. it's really hard for me to get around to that homework. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, have, you have 10 months, so <laughs> you've got plenty of time. Yes, uh, I got a lot of grief on the show from our amazing listeners and viewers. Everyone's able to comment in as we're recording, which is so awesome and makes the platform that much more fun to have that interaction with people live as we're recording um you know just because they can see our reactions as we're reading the comments and it, i think it makes it funny but i i feel bad this season this year everyone had to learn the hard way that i am not a fan of christmas and that by default means a lot of christmas movies and that just means i haven't seen them so hopefully this year i will get around to watching national lampoon's christmas vacation well, I was not a fan of Christmas until recently. Just watching my daughter open presents. Yeah, that, that's kind of cool. Sure. Um, I still don't need anybody to get me anything. I got a job. I make money. I could buy it myself. Um, yes, thank you. That's my I hate, I hate the obligation of gift giving. <laughs> it's just, you know, I'd rather just spend time with people. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but that's a long ways away. We got a lot of holidays till then. Oh, yeah. um, but again, Sam, thank you for coming on and make sure that you subscribe. Please subscribe, rate and review. And the Dynasty Rewind does now have a Facebook group. Um, so you can come bother us in there. You can ask questions. If you have a podcast and you're in the group, go ahead and put it out there. We're all here to support each other. Um, but I think I gave out my Twitter handle. You could find me at the Embower85. Please follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. And until next time, everybody, thank you. Woo!